0: Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games and more. Hello and welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with Hank Owl. Hank, what's new in your world, my man?
1: Well, right now we're not recording at our usual house. We're here in Navarre, Florida.
0: Owls on Culture Beach Edition. Yo, yo.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, my, grandma, my grandmother's house, now our house. And we're going here for like a two-week vacation because we had two weeks off with nothing to do and why not go to the beach?
0: Exactly, the perfect description, leaving nothing
1: out whatsoever. Um, but we're gonna watch some movies here. We've, uh, my dad is finally, we've finally finished the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. We Just did.
0: I've been meaning to show great. these to Mike for forever. My opinion
1: on these is, the Dark Knight is a better movie than the Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight. I enjoyed watching the Dark Knight Rises more than I enjoyed watching the Dark Knight.
0: Yeah, and I, I just really loved them both. I really did. I know people are down on that Dark Knight Rises movie, but I, I enjoy it a lot. And I love the ending so much. I won't yeah. spoil it here and if you haven't seen it, but I totally think it's worth seeing. And, and I think also we had a little added, um, an added interest in it because we were watching a ton of
1: Gotham, right? Oh, yeah. We were watching a ton of Gotham. It's one of my favorite TV shows
0: now. And we like that. That's one of so our family shows. We watched that. Uh, Hank's mom enjoys that with that us as well. Watched while watching
1: a dinner well, wa- wa- well, yes, we eat that while watching dinner. No, we watch uh, this while eating
0: dinner. Yes, because of great parenting.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, no. Hank, we're, like oh, it's We're not all a- focusing on the same thi- thing, so... Well, that's awesome. And we make jokes during it, too.
0: I know, <laughs> but like you're being very generous and, and it's completely truthful. <laughs> However, like, you know, the ideal family dinner is like sitting around a table like this and like talking about uh, things and issues and uh, that is in our days.
1: old age the new age thing is sitting on the couch with chinese food watching our favorite tv show <laughs> right, so which hank, is how most dinners go
0: hank when we had uh your mom and i had you i mean we swore up and down we would be family dinner no phones no uh no tv no nothing well we completely failed you on that
1: well we're focused except on the for family dinners thing. on
0: sunday thanks to susu Pop.
1: and i love my reasoning like well we make sure it's doing it so like we're watching the tv show but we're not really paying attention to it <laughs> right exactly we are though it's a great
0: show oh my gosh so anyways so what's new defects, in defects defects i'm sorry <laughs> please forgive us What's new in your world? Uh, you know, we went to Boston not too long ago. It was, uh, your mom had a work trip and the flights were cheap, so we joined on and it was so much fun.
1: Oh yeah, We were, we were just being the greatest son and husband duo here because first we take advantage of her work trip and have fun doing that. And now we're here in Florida for two weeks without her.
0: Yeah, we're not winning. uh, We're not
1: really winning the best. We're not winning best son
0: and husband uh, of the year awards this year, which is okay because we've won them like five years running. So one one year is not going to hurt us. We're (laughs) good, exactly. So, but Boston was amazing. I had so much fun. Like we did all the touristy stuff, which you know, or at least a lot of the touristy stuff. We did the Freedom Trail, which I thought was going to be fairly lame, to be honest with you. But I really,
1: really enjoyed it. And we found like best clam chowder to ever clam chowder
0: yeah we totally we ate some tons of clam chowder when i go to new orleans or anywhere around in that area every single meal i get gumbo no matter what because i love gumbo and i like this running competition in my mind of the best gumbo did the same with clam chowder and what a what a fun little game to play
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that clam chowder was, um, what was the place called?
0: I don't remember.
1: I I, I'm, I wouldn't feel bad about shouting it out since it isn't it like a national land, like a city landmark. Yeah,
0: it's on the Freedom Trail. It was, you know, and it's a touristy spot without a doubt. But that's, we were exhausted. And, and it was like about, I don't know, maybe four or five, six o'clock, something like that in the afternoon. We had been up since 4 a.m. to catch a flight that morning. We we're doing the Freedom Trail. We're exhausted. We're tired. That clam And finally warms finally them. we just gave up and just said, All right, we're gonna stop the trail right here. We're not gonna do it all. Like let's sit down. And we got a seat at the oyster bar where these two dudes were just working their tails off, shucking, 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 pouring beer, doing both, and it was it was absolutely exactly what we needed at the time. And uh So I love that place that I can't remember the the, name of.
1: And the clam chowder, like, I was so tired, and I sat down and ate that clam chowder. It warms the soul. I felt my (laughs) body heat, like, go up 20 degrees.
0: Yeah, it was exactly what we needed. It was a a very pleasant spring day, spring-summer day. But anyway, so that was fun. So I, I heartily recommend go to Boston. We also had a good time at. Uh, we toured MIT for a little bit. The great architecture, <laughs> great public art.
1: Against
0: we went to Harvard scholars. Yard. Scholars. You know, not Harvard Yard. We went to Harvard uh, Square in Cambridge, where you know I I lived in Cambridge for like five quick weeks. You know, <laughs> in between college and law school, and it was fun to see how it's changed. The Harvard Coop, that bookstore was amazing. Oh yeah, we got a bunch of books from there. Like Fahrenheit 451 is one I bought there that I reread. I think you're going to read, but we'll probably cover that at the end of the podcast. Um, so yeah, so that's what's new. We've been traveling a little bit and it's been kind of fun. We don't travel nearly as much as I'd like to, but those were, Boston was a fun trip and so far the beach has been, has been the beach, you know, balancing a little bit of work, a little bit of housework and a little bit of uh, beach time. But that begs the question, Hank Owl, what movie are we talking about today?
1: Clue. It involves dinosaurs. Jurassic World oh, I thought fallen it was gonna be, Kingdom.
0: I thought it was gonna be Dinotopia.
1: <laughs> Zootopia two. It's dinosaurs now.
0: <laughs> oh yes. Today is the latest installment in the Jurassic Park series. I lo- I love how we say today, even though it's been out for like two weeks. Well, you know, we're we're nothing if if not current. <laughs> um so overall, let's just talk about, you know, we were this is a, there's going to be spoilers in this, you know, it's been out for a while, so we presumed you've seen it if you wanted to. And if not, you know, go see it and listen to this. But um overall, do you want to just rehash the plot a little bit for a second hank or just give them an update on what's going on or get straight to the meat of it on how you felt about it?
1: Um let's just do like a minute overview of what the plot was and then we can and I can I'll do some slashing into it. So. All
0: right, sounds good. So the end of the first kind of reboot of this, Jurassic World, you know, they had a theme park, dinosaurs. All goes poorly, as you know it will, in a Jurassic Park movie. But there are animals, dinosaurs still on the island. The island has a volcano that was inactive. Now it's active. There's a timeline. So Congress is debating whether to uh, spend money to get these animals off or not. Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum, decides to testify, says, eh, they had their chance. Let's not do it. Congress doesn't do it. But then... Uh,
1: the villain, who's totally the villain but not the villain, <laughs> decides to get the cast, well, the two main people that I can't remember the name of, from the last I think it's movie. Claire and
0: Owen, so where Claire was head of the park, you know, and now she works for a nonprofit trying to save the dinosaurs. And Owen is off in the woods, you know, building a house or off in the mountains building a house.
1: Doing Owen things.
0: Right. So when Congress fails, they get a call from this private corporation. This is apparently is the partner of John Hammond from back in the day. You know, who started it. And uh, so his trust, his charitable work and his company are saying, let's save the dinosaurs. On this. We've got a great remote island that we own. No tourism, no fences, just dinosaurs on this island. So that's kind of the idea so the, he convinces Claire, who convinces Owen, to go back to this island to rescue the dinosaurs. And in particular, Blue, the uh, Velociraptor with a heart of gold, who is the head of the other raptors, who shows empathy. And I, I did like, actually, how they, uh, they showed some flashbacks of Blue as a child. and uh, Baby Blue. A baby dinosaur wrangling the other dinosaurs and showing empathy versus... Uh, you know, killer instincts. So, Blue is special. That's the bottom line. They do a good job of showing that. All right, so that's basically the setup of the movie, Hank. What did you think about the plot, the acting? How did
1: it look to you? How were the special effects? Overall, what did you think of the movie? Special effects was great. But overall, thought of the movie, I thought it was, it was the same movie as Jurassic World, the new code of paint. And I kind of just lost interest in it, mainly was focusing on predicting what would happen next. And I kind of knew that. Whenever I saw the character that was... is going to be the villain, but wasn't supposed to be known as the villain yet, basically their introduction was, hi, I'm the villain.
0: So you didn't feel many surprises from the casting in the beginning?
1: Yes. And there was one cliche which I didn't like, which is kid which is like the genetically cloned grandchild okay Uh,
0: so that deserved a spoiler alert there like
1: already spoiler alert
0: i know but that's like a huge thing just to toss off like how is that wait and what did you how do you describe that you didn't see that coming did you
1: oh no i definitely did not see that coming but i really didn't like because i feel like there's a lot of things where the kid is this like genius correct kid standing up against his parents who don't believe him like yeah that was a very cliched thing
0: that is a very cliched thing in movies and i i hate that in movies i honestly like as much as i love you and like children i think in general i really don't like children in movies because of things like that this girl was what she was eight years old probably nine ten maybe the max she didn't look as old as you and you're eleven So let's say she's between 8 and 10 and she's like off doing these crazy things and like, you know, subverting authority and just things I can't imagine any kid doing. But now since you have mentioned that she was genetically created, it could be that she was genetically modified as well to add extra courage or other kind of traits that would make her behavior seem more realistic. And maybe we'll find that out about in a new movie but just based on what we know here, it was like completely unbelievable that this kid is doing all these things, and that happens almost every movie with a kid in it, to me.
1: Also, you know it also happens. No offense, kids. In all the and almost all movies with a person who's bad now and doesn't want to do something, because Claire and Owen had this conversation. Claire's like. Come with me and do this. Owen's like, no. And Family Guy brought this up. Claire's like, okay. Owen's like, you make a compelling argument. I'm going. <laughs> right. And there always
0: is the, uh, you know, the refusal of the call and the mythic uh, hero's journey. You know, One of the first things a hero has to do is refuse the call. But at this point, we've all seen that so many times. It's a little predictable.
1: Yes. And some things do it better than others.
0: Yeah, but so they get there, they're trying to capture these animals, and almost immediately there's a, you know, the the evil corporation, like, turns on them, like, very, very quickly. And what did you think, like, one of the first things that Owen has to deal with is, like, he greets Blue, earns Blue's trust— and as we all would presume, of course, the corporation shoots Blue when he says, don't do it. And it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. It's for goodness all in the tra-
1: The whole first half of the movie is the trailer.
0: That's true. And I did appreciate the second half wasn't, but I wish the first half hadn't been as well. So, and then, so he's laying there. And I don't know if that's the right use of lay lie, but he's laying there and he's semi-paralyzed. And lava's rolling at him And he's trying to roll away And I It was all I could do Not to laugh out loud at that I know So was I It felt like it was rushed Timing wise To me It was like Oh we're already We're already here We're already doing this And I guess because They had to cram a ton of Things in the movie But it felt The pacing felt off to me At that moment Yes Now He does escape Not too shockingly And everyone gets off the island uh, And there's some good action sequences But nothing, like, I can't remember any that are amazing right now, to be honest with you. Can you?
1: No, I can't. And one of the most disappointing things in looking at the trailer was, you know, how when that dinosaur is, like, attacking them when they're behind that glass ball that was used in the first movie?
0: Right, the transport kind of device.
1: And then the T-Rex, like, stops them. Like, in the epic scene that, like, reminds you of the first Jurassic Park. That was in the trailer, and, like... That was so disappointing. Like, wouldn't you like to be surprised by that?
0: Yeah. The, the choices of, uh, we've talked about this before, the trailers are so, you know, you almost feel like you've seen this movie so many times. But that was a decent action sequence. But I didn't, um, you know, you knew everybody was going to be okay. You know, that's, I mean, that's the bottom line. There's no, oh. really, there's no real sense of danger.
1: Yeah, and except for the villains, because that person who was running the auction, when he was doing the description for the— Well, now you've jumped way ahead. So, like, what what, on, what auction? Uh, what are you talking about? So, there's an auction for the different dinosaurs to sell them to use for weaponry because it's because nukes aren't important. All we need is dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, so they're taking these dinosaurs instead of putting them in a sanctuary. They're actually going to sell them to the highest bidder, and you know the the patriarch Hammond's partner doesn't know, but the young dude he and he, he signals this with his introduction, which was kind of a I thought this was a pretty good line. You know, yeah, you know he wanted a a young idealist, you know, to run his trust, you know, but that was like 20 years ago, and I'm neither young nor I or no, nor or have ideals or something and, like that. And
1: when he said that, I was like. Hello, I'm your secret villain?
0: Yeah, but not so secret, right?
1: Uh, yes. But it, during the auction, there's the person running it, and he's describing the Indominus Rex 2.0. And he's like, This is the most powerful creature alive, and also my later murderer. Right. He's <laughs> like, Also, the person I'm gonna die to.
0: Yeah, we kind of knew that was coming. So, yeah, so this new genetically modified dinosaur was a combination of a T-Rex and a raptor.
1: Sorry, not just a T-Rex, it was the Indominus oh, that's Rex. Right,
0: that was right, it was not a T-Rex, it was the Rex. your Good point. And the reason why they need Blue, the uh, you know special raptor, is that Blue shows these mother-like, uh, empathetic tendencies so that Blue could then help train... This new creature, the eye. What was the name of it? Endoraptor? Is that the name of it?
1: Yes, and they needed this blood specifically because they weren't going to actually have Blue train it. They were going to inject its motherly DNA into it. Oh, okay. And so that's so why I, I missed needed that. the blood sample and she, like, dirtied the m- made the water muddy with the T Rex blood.
0: Right. They had to do a blood transfusion to save Blue. And uh, so uh, that's interesting. So I thought. I was anticipating a scene where Blue, instead of fighting, well, would start to fight the endoraptor, uh, but would eventually kind of like mother it away, like teaching it not to do that. But they were also talking about that would be a whole nother dinosaur because the first one was a prototype and did not have that motherly tendencies. Mm. And that's why they wanted Blue. That makes a lot of sense. And actually that reminds me of one kind of action sequence that I did find memorable and good. Is when they were trying to draw the blood from the T Rex.
1: Yes, to that was kind of. Blue. I
0: kind of enjoyed that. I mean, you saw the things coming, but it was still enjoyable for the most part.
1: And again, you saw it in the trailer, though.
0: I didn't see. I, didn't see, I only saw one brief trailer for this one, so I.
1: Oh well, but you I, saw that scene in the trailer. That's
0: a shame. So what? Um, let's talk about the acting. We got Chris Pratt. We got Bryce Dallas uh, Howard. Uh, both good actors in general. What did you think of their performances in this?
1: I thought Chris Pratt had very little funny scenes. He, I felt like he was just... Speaking of genetic cloning, I felt that he was a bland clone of himself from the first movie. What, but they just took all the humor DNA out of him. So he's <laughs> the same character, and the only real thing about him is that like the only real development is that he used to date Claire and and he's like a father to Blue and that's just the first half and second half of his entire character
0: but then also he becomes kind of a father to the girl too right
1: yes I I thought that was a little
0: rushed and offbeat yeah man, I kind of did too I mean I get it but um I'm not even sure. Again, it depends on where they go with these movies. If the if the relationship, if this girl, you know, who you know, we were introduced to this character, you know, as the granddaughter of Hammond's partner, whose name I've forgotten, but uh, played by that awesome actor who's in everything, who was in Babe, James Cromwell. That's his name. He's amazing. Um, so we, you know, that's she's the granddaughter we're introduced to, but it turns out no, that's actually his daughter you know reborn through this technology but so if the like the next movies they make are centered around this human cloning or human like you know regeneration then it's a great subplot i guess and it has to be done but otherwise it's just kind of in the way as far as the movie goes now if the, again if the franchise is going that way then boom that's what well, that's what they want to do they had to do it but it was a little distract. it didn't it was distracting it didn't matter and the way when it finally came out, you know, him just blurting it out like that, like there wasn't even time for any like emotional resonance. They even give a, give the girl a close up, you know, to be like registering the fact that, Oh, Hey, I didn't have a mom. I was born in a lab. You know, they didn't spend the time to do that.
1: Well, I felt it as her, all, that she already knew that. Really?
0: What made yes. you say that? What do you think?
1: Mainly because I saw no reaction of surprise out of her.
0: Yeah, I wonder because obviously she's curious. You know, she's trying to get that photograph from the book that her granddad is reading. You know, that has evidence of her mom. You know, she knows it, and so she knows that's a picture of her mom, basically. And the picture turns out to be her caretaker. You know, and somebody who looks just like her. <laughs> You know, both younger. So, like, it presumably was her mom there when we, when the audience sees that picture. I mean, I definitely know that she's wondering what's going on. I don't. I did not get any sense that she knew that she was like one of these genetically created dinosaurs.
1: I did not realize that that photo was supposed to be of any importance. I was supposed to. I thought that was supposed to show the connection between her and. Her grandfather, Hammond's partner.
0: Well, yeah, but in the photo, it was—I believe it was just—you know—the the butler slash, you know—maid, whatever the the woman who runs the house, and then her as a kid, you know, or actually her mom. So, and she's like, "I raised both of them," you know. Uh, anyway, so That's I didn't get—I didn't get any phone evidence phone that down. she knew.
1: That's why she says both of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about her saying both of them.
0: Well, again, it's, uh, unless it's going to be important to the next movies, it feels you know, just in the way. Um, but I had to use the restroom during the movie, and that's always a big debate about when do you – if you have to go to the bathroom during a movie, when do you go? And I made sure that I tried to go during like an action sequence because like, you know who's going to live, who's going to die – I didn't want to miss any of the quieter moments of movies like this. That's usually the more enjoyable, more emotionally significant moments. Um, But I felt like when I went to the restroom and I came back that I didn't miss anything (laughs) at all.
1: Yeah. And that's not a good sign. And for most of the movie, I was thinking that Like when at the end, when it shows the secret villain... It was like I was like, oh, there you're back again. You're gonna get killed by the T-Rex, and really, I found myself crossing my fingers, being, saying, because I knew he was gonna die to a dinosaur, but I'm like, don't be the T-Rex, don't be the. It was the T-Rex. <laughs> yeah,
0: of course, it was the T-Rex. So, I don't know. So, what do you? What did you think overall of this movie? We, we saw Jurassic World. We saw it in the theater, I believe. I think this was before the podcast. I don't think we reviewed it. But, I
1: don't think we've re-reviewed a single movie.
0: Wait, what? We have not reviewed any movies? No,
1: re-reviewed. I mean, we haven't reviewed a movie that, we hadn't, that we'd seen before we started the podcast.
0: Yeah, I don't think I... <laughs> All right, anyway, my point was that I may not have made was that we have not reviewed the first Jurassic World movie on this podcast. I don't think. I think it came out before we had the podcast. Yes, it did. So I don't know what you thought of that, or the audience does not. So what did you think of the first movie, and then what do you think of this movie?
1: I thought the movie was a fun, good. It was. It was. A, Which it one? Was a fu- uh, the I thought Jurassic World was a fun movie. Maybe it wasn't a good movie, but I enjoyed it, and it was a fun movie. All right. Like I, I, I came for dinosaurs eating humans and i got <laughs> dinosaurs eating humans so i was happy
0: and what did you think of this movie would you uh better worse the same what were your and what were your expectations going in
1: my ex- i really had no expectations i was i i had either no expectations or slightly low expectations okay and, but and i dislike Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, more than I dislike Jurassic World, only because, to me, they're the same movie with the same action scenes with the same villains getting killed in the same way.
0: (laughs) Okay. So do you want to see any more of these? I mean, because what are they going to do to surprise you? You see them kind of over the whole... I mean, it's a disaster movie, so there's going to be the same kind of beats and every thing. Oh, gonna, but you have to innovate, right? When you're saying they did not innovate.
1: I'm going to see the third, hoping that there's zero innovation. Because I'm going to go, because when they released all the dinosaurs into the world, saying it was Jurassic World, I mean, though it's more like Jurassic City. Because they're like, the only real place they see them in is Los Angeles. It's like okay, well, it's not really Jurassic World. It's like this Jurassic place. But when they released it into the world, and I was kind of worried when he said they're going to have to learn to coexist, because when I'm going to go into this, hoping I get dinosaurs rummaging through city, I don't hope I don't get humans learning to coexist with dinosaurs. I want dinosaurs destroying tanks and buildings <laughs> in the third one and not we need to save them we need to learn how to we need to learn how to live along with so them. So you want all out
0: war and want, you want it to be I want competitive. All out
1: war and dinosaur destruction. Okay.
0: Dinosaur destruction of like killing dinosaurs or dinosaurs just destroying other things?
1: Dinosaurs destroying other things. Because I think I had a wrong strategy going into this movie, thinking, I'm like, what are they? I came into it thinking, what are they going to do? New. I should have come, in it, come into it thinking, I hope dinosaurs kill people.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to take that in. Uh, I had heard from friends on Facebook, that there are uh, cinephiles that this was the worst movie ever. <laughs> so my expectations were really, 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 really low. And uh, I thought the movie was fine. You know, it's you know, it's not the worst movie ever. Certainly, I wouldn't call it good, but it's good-ish. You know, it's fine. It's a fine movie. I enjoyed myself for these two hours. It was fun, you know, watching dinosaurs. Uh, again, Chris Pratt, a fan of his, you know, after the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, um but you know he didn't so he can be amazing but he didn't really doesn't really get a chance to in this Bryce Dallas, uh Howard who I like also but don't you know I don't have any special feelings towards her uh or her movies that she's been in but like you know she's a good actor but again she doesn't get a lot and I don't know they didn't get a lot of chance to do very much so one one note on the what did you think about the the side characters the supporting cast they had the uh the young kind of nerd um uh, networker networking genius you know did electronics and did systems you know management, and you had the uh well she was a paleo veterinarian um
1: uh, who hadn't seen any dinosaurs who hadn't before. seen any How dinosaurs did you get that job
0: that, that that does seem a little odd like you, that you I don't know how you study and get a whatever master's or PhD in that field when you haven't seen any dinosaurs. But apparently you can.
1: I'm a veterinarian. I haven't seen a dog in my life.
0: Right. (laughs) So (laughs) put that aside, or maybe that maybe don't put that aside. So what did you think of their characters and their arc and I thought the girl did they add to the movie or no?
1: I thought the girl was good. I feel like she would have been worse if she had a bigger role, but she was good for her role. I think the coward guy was just, like, if in a description, be character name, coward, screams, survives.
0: Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of nuance to him at all. It was just like, hey, I'm going to be this, the nervous guy.
1: And I found myself hoping that he was going to get eaten by that dinosaur when, like, they're trying to run away from the lava and the naughty T-Rex.
0: Yeah, that would have been awesome if they'd have killed him off. yeah. But they, did, they didn't have the courage for that. Or they just no. went another way. Maybe courage, courage is not the right word.
1: Oh, speaking of courage, as we ate lunch after the movie, an argument that I want to have with you is on that first scene <laughs> when the, the guy's escaping on the ladder in the helicopter, I was hoping that he was not eaten. You was hoping. Like, for me, the cop-out was him getting eaten eaten uh, eat, eaten eaten okay. okay and for you the cop-out would have been him not getting eaten so
0: yeah that was interesting. let's talk about this so the, like, like most of these movies there's a cold open kind of thing to where you see these guys are in like this submarine and they're trying to record they're trying to get uh, DNA from the Indominus Rex and so they're underwater there's also a guy on the shore disaster strikes these animals and you pretty much know like okay these people may or may not be toast you know it's the beginning of the movie
1: like it can't go well for them oh yeah but that would be boring if they're just like oh okay job done we did it Yeah, (laughs) the guy working on it was like a dead man standing
0: yeah so and my opinion was like I wanted them to kill him because that to me shows that they're serious and this is back to my old like hating that G.I. Joe you know G.I. Joe would destroy a plane and Cobra would always you know jump out of the plane with a parachute and everybody would live and I wanted to see some death I wanted to see some consequences I want to know this matters
1: four-year-old you was dark <laughs> I wanted to see them die I was 20 I was I was 24 Cobra let's not talk die. about that
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't 24 but anyway so I wanted like it, I wanted some stakes you know I know they're not gonna kill Chris Pratt but can we at least kill like some of these other people? And they did a decent job with that. So I was thinking, if you don't kill him, this is a bad sign for the movie. And you were thinking the exact opposite.
1: I was I was thinking that if he was killed, because like, to me, again, I saw him as a dead man alive, and if they didn't kill him, I would have been like, oh, they really have balls not to be the same... Dinosaur kills the evil worker dude, but when they did kill him, I was like, okay, um, yeah, of course the first guy you see is gonna have to die. You, you you can't be any different movie.
0: Yeah, and I was a little because of this scene. Well, you know, it was underwater, and it showed the big, huge, amazing. I don't know, megalodon is that? I don't know if that's the right word.
1: No, it's not the
0: megalodon. Okay, so
1: anyways, so megalodon's it's megalodon's a big shark.
0: Oh, well, this was the underwater sea creature thing, right? So it might have been a megalodon. It It was a megalodon.
1: No, the underwater sea creature thing is like, in my opinion, a big crocodile. Okay, anyways,
0: it's a a subtype of dinosaur who's underwater. At the end of Jurassic World, it killed the abdominus rex and saved the day. Okay, not a megalodon, but let's continue the conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, we're we're staying on this. It's not a megalodon.
0: (laughs) entertaining radio right here yes. uh so that was the opening scene as you see this huge underwater creature escape and so i kept waiting for it to reappear during the movie and it doesn't until the very end and it's like boring and not even that exciting and you saw it in the trailer also i do remember oh, that i
1: yeah, like for the whole about movie. to eat the surfer yeah and for the whole movie i was like Okay, movie, you going to give me that scene? I was, I was kind of hoping to see that scene. I know,
0: that was like the most exciting thing in the trailer was seeing this huge whatever it is.
1: And that's like the only reason I might want to see the movie Meg. So, uh, we're, yeah, it we, we, that, we, so we get we've that We've got to see
0: the movie Meg. <laughs> we have to. It's going to be all horrible, but we got to <laughs> see
1: it. Oh, the movie Meg. Like you first see the Megalodon, it's like a like giant crocodile creature, and you're like, ha. Huh.
0: Yeah. So anyways Alright so what should we uh, What should our rating system be for this movie And I know we have something else To talk about later But uh, what should we Or does does that affect what you want to bring up in a minute
1: Uh no it doesn't
0: Okay so what should our rating system be for this movie
1: Um How about Pieces of Indominus Rex DNA
0: Oh man Okay,
1: maybe. Fossilized bug creature.
0: How about dinosaur teeth?
1: Because no. like the
0: evil dude, like his thing was... And this was weird, too. They didn't really set this up very well, either. He liked pulling teeth yeah. out of these dinosaurs for, I don't know, to make a great necklace, apparently. But that was just random and not well done, either.
1: Yeah, I know what we should do. It's because I think it's going to be our only chance with our Jurassic Park movie dino dna <laughs>
0: so strands of dna five strands of dna being the best movie ever one strand of dna being the worst movie ever is that our is that our thing yes all right so how many strands of dna would you get it dino
1: dna i would give it two and a half
0: yeah that's... maybe
1: two. Oh, okay and
0: you like because you like this worse than dress world
1: Yes, I'll give it a two and a quarter for being for being a different, for being slightly different, but all the scenes involving a dinosaur are the same as all the other scenes in Jurassic World involving a dinosaur. <laughs>
0: I think you're being too harsh on this. I am not. The similarities to them. I mean, it's a dinosaur disaster movie there's gonna be some similarities all right i will give it two and three-fourths dino dna
1: like you're saying me too harsh and then you only give it two-fourths well
0: i know (laughs) it's like you're being way too harsh (laughs) uh there all right but tell us about something else
1: well are you we're ready for the hot new game show where we where we decide try to come up with reasons for something that's totally stupid (laughs) Um, on this time which is probably going to be the only time we're deciding why would it be a good idea to sell dinosaurs to weapons dealers
0: that's right so this is like the whole big deal in the auction and the whole that whole thing was weird too like they're walking in So they have the auction and people are walking in and the evil dude is like giving descriptions of like, this guy's an armed dealer from Chechnya. This dude's a blah, blah, blah. These guys are pharmacists. And they gave special attention to like this Russian dude because he got to have a line later up close. Like, like it was, should have mattered more like they introduced him specifically anyway so yeah some of these people he's the guy
1: who got the rex exactly the he the, won the, 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 the rex, the rex so
0: like he's it. special so he gets more screen time that was, that was awful to me uh, anyway so so how would you use these dinosaurs in your, your clandestine military operation Hank Owl that you don't have would... right uh, 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 uh,
1: uh, caught
0: he might have one
1: um, so this is what I would do. So there was this old World War Two thing, where uh, there was like a bat bomb, where you would drop the bomb and inside of it was drop this drop this thing and it would land and out come it with a bunch of bats with like basically ex- basically like t- time bombs. Like taped to their leg. Oh my because god! When the bats were released, they'd fly like literally everywhere, like and blow up the whole area. I'd do that, except for no bombs attacks. Just drop this, thi- drop this cage with like the Indo inside, and just and in like a big important city, and have it just destroy everything.
0: So you just drop it down there and be like, go to town.
1: Yeah, like if I was in the Cold War, like I drop it on, like, East Germany. Like, take that, East Germany!
0: <laughs> and they tried to figure out, like, how to control it. You know, they had that whole laser-guided system and the sound thing, and like, this animal's relentless, it'll kill you, whatever. But it just it didn't seem very um, believable, this I guess. This is
1: the most powerful dinosaur there is. Except when you shine a laser pointer.
0: <laughs> so if I was going to use accidentally this... accidentally
1: mixed with the genes of a cat. <laughs> if I
0: was going to use this in a war, I guess um, I don't know. I maybe the, the pterodactyls might be the, like the very effective. I think you know they are kind of blow to the ground. They can boom, pick people up. But I feel like if there's a T Rex coming at you, you know, you hit a bazooka and a T Rex, it's the T Rex goes away. Right, and bazookas are not exactly, like, you know, that's old, old, old technology. There's much better stuff now.
1: That's why when I drop it, I wouldn't drop it in, like, a military battlefield. I'd drop it in a popular city in the country I was trying to defeat.
0: Oh, just like, a, I don't know. I'd drop it in... Central s- Park?
1: Yeah, I'd drop it in Central Park.
0: Let's hope that no producers of Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom are listening to this because... Otherwise, we might have our next movie. Uh, Dinosaurs in Central Park. All right, so I think that wraps it up for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Hank, what are you reading these days?
1: Uh. <laughs> yeah. Huh. The There's a
0: lot of silence on that question.
1: Air. The, I'm reading the air. What are no, you reading? I'm reading. I'm, I read some of Armada.
0: Okay, so you're reading our model. Have w- you given re- up on it? you done? I mean, no, are you I not read the rest of it? I haven't
1: given up on it, but I haven't like, read it in like two weeks.
0: So. Back to good parenting.
1: <laughs> yes. Especially since I we have a homework thing for middle school that we have to turn in like the first week of middle school.
0: Yeah, and and you guys only day. have to read one fiction book and one nonfiction book. And which we had to read. Been,
1: which has been like really hard for some reason.
0: We had to read tons of books. Back in my day.
1: Back in the good old <laughs> days.
0: Uh, So, yeah, we're not being very ambitious. You're reading reading for 30 minutes tomorrow. Hour. You're reading for seven hours tomorrow.
1: (laughs) You're reading for your wife now.
0: I am reading. I read. Just finished uh, Fahrenheit 451. A book I read probably middle school or high school and loved, loved, loved. Um. And it 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 held up, you know. It didn't held up like to my memory, but it held up. I really respected. Ray Bradbury is one of my favorites, and I really enjoyed it. And so you're going to read that also, right? Yes. And then we're going to watch the movie, we're which is on Michael B. Jordan. That's right. I think it's on HBO or Showtime, one of those two. And we'll watch it, and then that will be at a future Owls on Culture podcast on Fahrenheit 451. Because it's just so awesome and unfortunately so very applicable
1: today. Especially for me.
0: (laughs) All right, anything else to tell the people?
1: I'll be ready for an Incredibles 2 and Uncle Drew review, possibly.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to go see Uncle Drew. You're? Well. Weird. (laughs) Yeah, but I think you were more of a given on that. (laughs) I may Um, be a little reluctant. You (laughs)
1: sound disappointed, like, yeah, we're going to see Uncle Drew.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm just, I'm coming to terms with them. I'm I'm dealing with that. I'm excited for The Incredibles too, but uh, I'm not excited for Uncle Drew, but it'll be good to see it because, you know what? We talk about culture here, and that's part of the culture, right? Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Signing off, I'm Michael Owl. I'm here with... Hank Owl. Y'all have a great day.
1: Remember, be a triceratops. Yeah, and after your triceratops, leave us a
0: review. It uh, helps people find us on iTunes and makes us feel good.
1: And name your favorite dinosaur. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cersei and Antoine Horowitz. The show is produced by Pineco Turkey. Curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating online. Thanks for listening.